You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Get inside the game from every angle. It's Rugby Direct with Elliot Smith and Harvey Norman. Get game ready with big brand TV deals powered by Newstalk ZB. Rugby Direct, part of Newstalk ZB's coverage of France 2023 with Harvey Norman. Blackout deals on TVs, audio and home appliances. Approaching midnight in Paris, Elliot Smith and Liam Napier back with a Rugby Direct Mini. We'll come with uh, these uh, throughout the Rugby World Cup. And Liam, we've got our first feels like finally a World Cup team announced by the All Blacks. I'm sure people have seen it by now, but the um, selections, I suppose, the standouts, uh, no Geordie Barrett, uh, Anton Leonard-Brown um, gets the nod at 12. Um, Papa Lee at the, on the blind side, Lalala at tight head. I think that's about the, the key ones. But let's start, first and foremost, Geordie Barrett ruled out, um, which happened after we recorded our first podcast of the week. Your, your reaction to the blow that that is and Anton Leonard-Brown being chosen as his replacement. It's a big blow, isn't it? Geordie Barrett started seven of the past eight tests for the All Blacks at 12. Uh, the only one he set out was when they made a raft of changes prior to uh, the World Cup squad naming to give everyone a crack there. He's irreplaceable for the All Blacks. He brings a strong ball-carrying presence, very direct. Uh, he's your long-range goal kicker. He's, he's got vision. Uh, defensively, he's usually sound. It wasn't his best test at Twickenham, but you could say that about every All Black pretty much that was involved, barring Cam Roygaard who came off the bench and, and impressed. So a big loss for the All Blacks and a big opportunity, uh, a big chance for Anton Leonard-Brown. He's a guy that has played one test this year. He has played not only nine of his 63 tests have come starting at second five. I think it's actually his preferred position, but he hasn't had a lot of uh, chances there. Hasn't had a lot of rugby this year, so it's a it's a massive void for to fill. Yeah, it is, and and Anton's been around for in the All Blacks for probably what six years now, um, and he's I think Bowden Barrett used the term today. They're Mister Fix It. He comes in when there's a you know twelve or thirteen hole that needs to be fixed. He was part of the starting midfield for a, a, a wee bit of time. He's had injuries over the last couple of years. Suspension earlier this year ruled him out for a wee bit as well. Um, and so I guess this is a chance for him to re-establish himself. Hard to see him taking the 12 jersey off someone like a Geordie Barrett, but a chance to really re-establish himself, I think, in the All Blacks environment. It is. It's been a massively disrupted couple of years for Anton. It, it feels like he hasn't really strung, you know, six, eight, ten games together, and that's really hard as a rugby player to build rhythm, to build confidence, to build combinations. Um, and because he's a guy that's versatile, can play 12 and 13, he is that Mr. Fixer. He's your ideal bench guy. Uh, but uh, Ian Foster talked today about him craving a chance to really, you know, um, put himself forward and prove that he belongs to be at this level as a starter. He's very experienced, but he he hasn't had this chance. He hasn't uh, stamped his authority on the test scene for the best part of, of a couple of years. So uh, up against a big French midfield, uh, a, a sizable French pack, you know, a lot's going to come down to whether the All Blacks can get ascendancy up front because uh, otherwise that back line's going to struggle. Yeah, and, and Anton's such a different player, isn't he, to, to Geordie Barrett um, that you don't get a like-for-like replacement. Uh, there's no real like-for-like replacement in terms of that midfield since they switched to Geordie Barrett last year. So that's probably a weird issue for the All Blacks is they haven't been able to develop someone, you know, perhaps 
Dallas McLeod is that kind of body without having the skill set of a Geordie Barrett, but he's the kind of body that they may look to. Uh, perhaps um, in the future he's not part of the World Cup squad, but they just don't have a like-for-like -like replacement in terms of moving a big body with the skill set that Geordie Barrett has into the midfield. No, well, David Havelli was the other option, and, and he's another guy that's short on game time. He made the World Cup squad off the back of 40 minutes for Tasman against Otago. You know, that's a long way from Test Rugby, and again, he's a very different player from Geordie Barrett, and there is nobody in the squad that can uh, replace Geordie. So, um, Havili is a guy that brings a range of skills. You know, he he uh, was a fullback once upon a time. He sort of found a way into the midfield and, and has stayed there. Um, but yeah, him and Anton are very different players. So uh, the All Blacks have gone with uh, experience and somebody who has more game time over Havili, but it's not a lot more. So... Um, their options were pretty limited and it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, Rico Wani goes as well because that's a, a, he's become accustomed to playing outside Geordie and the punch that he provides and running off his shoulder so it's going to be a, an adjustment for him as much as it is Lennon Brown. Speaking of uh, options being limited, I thought they were limited uh, on the blind side. It seemed like Luke Jacobson was the obvious man to fill the void of Shannon Frizzell given they don't have a Sam Penny female in camp. Um, Scott Barrett could have slid there if they had fit locks. So for me, it looked like Lou Jacobson was the bolted on starter there, but they've gone with Dalton Papali'i in effect putting three open side flankers in that loose forward trio. I mean, Artie's played plenty of eight, but um, open side flanker probably is his, his number one role. So the, the reflection of Dalton Papali'i, what do you make of it? Do you like it? And, and how does it signal the All Blacks might play this weekend? Yeah, we had a wee bit of a heads up on this, didn't we? But he, uh, it is a surprise because Luke Jacobson started there against the Springboks and didn't really have a crack. He was pulled after 38 minutes when Scott Barrett got his second yellow card. Ian Foster said today that they'd planned to give them both, you know, some game time at six and then and then reassess. Obviously, they sat back after that box test and thought that didn't work. That we didn't get what we want, so we're going to go with something different. It's bold, it's risky. Uh, Papali is actually heavier and taller than Jacobson, but he is a natural open side. His tendencies are to go for the breakdown, to play like an open side. Uh, so up against a big French pack, uh, you know, uh, defending them all, um, knocking over big ball carriers, how's that going to go? Dalton's only played one test at blindside, and that was the second, uh, second test loss to Ireland and Dunedin last year. Again, not really a fair gauge because Angus Tarval got the red card in that match. The All Blacks were always on the back foot, but it didn't work last time. So uh, the All Blacks gambling on the blind side hasn't gone well at World Cups previously, has it? When you look at Scott Barrett in 2019, it's been a problematic position. And again, it's a, a, a position where they do not have a like-for-like -like replacement for Shannon Frizzell after leaving out a summer penny female and not being willing to take a punt on a guy like Ethan Blackadder, who's only just returned from injury. So intriguing, risky, and a bit of a gamble.
Yeah, it really is. Um, let's just finish on the, the team for now. Any other surprises there? Uh, I guess Nepal Lalala um, on the blind side. Uh, sorry, not on the blind side of the tight head. Uh, roll with Tyrell Lomax. Ruled out, probably expected. Uh, the bench as well. Uh, I'm a wee bit surprised to see Leicester Fying on Nuku uh, in Juzu 23, but I, I like the selection. I like the impact that he could bring uh, in the last 20, 25 minutes of a game um, and use his, his, his real blockbusting strength um, against perhaps some tiring French defenders. I, I quite like that selection. Yeah, I think that's what you should be looking for off your bench, isn't it? Impact. And, and Fying Nuku is a guy that can provide that. Uh, he, can, he can change the game. He can get involved. He's going to provide that punch, that power. So for me, if you extrapolate that out for the rest of the bench, they've got uh, the balance uh, looks to be right. But Cam Roygaard is a glaring admission for me. He, he came off the bench at Twickenham and changed. He didn't change the game, but he made a serious impact. He, and it wasn't just the try that he scored. He was composed in a team that was rattled and under pressure. He played behind a very young Ford pack, missing you know, one player with Scott Barrett off. So to me, he's the guy that uh, provides the point of difference. He's the guy that can provide that impact. So... I don't see what you get in a Finlay Christie. He, he's a strong defensive halfback, but he's not going to change the game and he's not going to provide that impact. So I would have had Roygaard there for the same reason that they've gone with Whanganuku. Absolutely. Right, let's talk about how this game might play out on Saturday morning. Live commentary on Newstalk ZB, Gold Sport and iHeartRadio. Uh, you can tune into me um, there live from Stade de France. I can see this being a really or relatively low scoring game. I think it's going to be a real arm wrestle. I think the first half will be a lot of scrums. It'll be quite tight. Um, I, I just don't see a lot of points being scored. Might be famous last words, but I can see this being a really, really tight test match. Um, and I think New Zealand's best chance is obviously starting strong, uh, but just hanging with France. Because we saw in that game in 2021, they got blown off the park inside the first 20 minutes. It was 24-6. They were down at half time. Game was done at that point. They they just need to hang with France, I think, as as long as they can and strike when those opportunities come um, because there's going to be a buoyant French crowd, buoyant French team. The All Blacks are up against it, but I don't see a win as being out of the question come come Friday night our time. No, for, I think for me the All Blacks are underdogs. Uh, the, interesting, interestingly enough, the, the TAB has them favourites. That's probably maybe a, a New Zealand bias. Um, I think with the starters that they're missing, some very influential outs. Yes, France have the injuries as well, but I think France have greater depth. Um, and you're right, the atmosphere, the cauldron that the All Blacks are going to walk into, they have... There's 11 players in this uh, 23-man squad this week that are making their World Cup debuts. They would have never experienced anything like this in their lives. It will be frenzied, feverish. You know, you've got the opening ceremony. Um, it's 9 o'clock at night. There'll be The vino will be flowing. The French will be <laughs> just into it. And so... Starting well is so important for the All Blacks because you, you referenced that game in 2021, uh, two years ago now, and the, the start and, and France blowing New Zealand off the park. Well, this the atmosphere, the cauldron, uh, their, their passion, their emotion is just going to be amplified compared to what it was then. So if the All Blacks can't match France and, and can't stick with them, they're in real danger of being blown away because... Um, they have to quell the crowd, they have to match the French forwards and just stick in the game. And if they do that, then they could kick clear because they, they, they will be fit and they have you know attacking weapons if they can stick with France. But starting well is so important. Which way do you see it going Friday night? 
I'm tipping France. Uh, I think I think they've got greater depth. I think they've been waiting for this game for a long time. Um, I think the All Blacks will get better throughout the tournament, but they have some really big outs. Jordy Barrett, Shannon Vrizzell have touched on those two. I, I think it's really hard to replace them. And uh, I'm unsure about Dalton at six as well. So there's a number of question marks. So I'm tipping France. Yeah, I've been going back and forth this week, but I, I think France by a few points. I, I, I think that home, the emotion of the home game, we, back, think back to 2007, it didn't really work for them. Different team, of course, but they lost to Argentina in that first up game. But I, I think this time they'll be able to capture it. Um, Another point of business before we go, Imoni Narawa ruled out today for the Rugby World Cup. he just come back from a back injury. Sounds like he has done, not aggravated it, but done another, the other side of his back, if I was following Ian Foster correctly. Um, big blow for Imoni Narawa without wanting to, to sound flippant. It does give the All Blacks a chance to just reassess things around their squad um, and Ian Foster leaving the door open to perhaps bring in a loose forward. Now, we've said... I think both of us in the past that they went outside back too heavy in the initial squad, um, a, a split that um, was heavy in, in terms of the outside back. So what's your feeling on on where they should look to as a replacement for Imone Narawa? Narawa? Yeah, I guess a big blow for Narawa, isn't it? And um, yeah, if you if you... We heard Foster today talking about him running his fastest times this year in, in London last week, but we haven't seen him since the he made his debut against Argentina and scored that try, so um, it's unfortunate for him, but I don't see it as being a massive blow for the All Blacks. I've still got four wings, and I agree that they always went too heavy, so I think they will go loose forward, and it's probably likely to be Summer Penny, but uh, I wouldn't rule out Ethan Blackadder. And uh, the reason I think it'll be a loose forward is because we heard from Jason Ryan this week and it sounds like Shannon Frizzell's hamstring is going to see him miss at least one, maybe two more pool matches. So while Brodie Retallick's nearing a comeback, the uncertainty around Frizzell, I think they'd want additional loose forward cover. So that's where I think they'll go. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because Finau made his debut in Dunedin. Blackadder would have been part of this all-black squad this year had it not been for the couple of injuries that he's had. He's now back on the park for Tasman. Um, so perhaps he's got the runs on the board that they need to see him be selected there. I mean, it's only um, yeah, a bit of game time in the NPC, but that, there was enough for David Havili to be selected. So what's your gut feeling, Finau, Blackadder? Yeah, look, if, if both are fit, I think you would go Blackadder. Uh, it probably depends if they want versatility. You know, Finau played lock for the Chiefs and perhaps, I'm not 100% sure, he might still be in London. I think Josh Lord and Brad Webber hung around there. So whether that's a factor as well, I'm not 100%. But if it's a straight choice and both are fit, I think they would go Blackadder. That'll do us for our Rugby Direct mini episode this week, a live commentary of the big World Cup opener across Newstalk, ZB, Goldsport and iHeartRadio, your home of the World Cup. You can read all the analysis on nzherald.co.nz as well. Newstalk, ZB's coverage of France 2023 with Harvey Norman, blackout deals on TVs, audio and home appliances. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.